Broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline, you're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. We have a phenomenal show for you today, as always, featuring Mr. Ed Smith, current Monterey City Council member, and he will be up, a, up for a re-election in two years, in 2022. Also, later in the program, you'll want to stay tuned because we'll have Tom McMahon, owner of Monterey Bay Laundry Company and chair of the Pacific Grove Downtown Business Improvement District, and he will join us both for a quick discussion about outdoor dining in PG and Monterey as we work through COVID. But first, let me remind you that if you can't listen at 1.30 p.m. on Saturdays here on Power Talk, you can also listen to us on all the podcast platforms like iTunes and Spotify, or you can listen to us on our website, whatstheplanmonterey.com. You can also sign up for a weekly email with information about upcoming events. I encourage you to do that. So our primary guest today is Mr. Ed Smith, Monterey City Council member and retired police officer. Mr. Smith, welcome to the program, sir. Hey, good afternoon, all. Glad to join you. Fantastic. Now, I know you have deep roots in Monterey County. Can you tell us about, you, you know, your background and growing up here? I'm so old, it's going to take it forever. <laughs> okay. So I was born and raised, uh, born in the Carmel Hospital, the old one, and raised in Pacific Grove and uh, graduated from Pacific Grove High and uh, married a local girl who went to Monterey High. Uh, got married, went to MPC, off to Sacramento State, and then came back at 22 years old and got my first job as a police officer for Seaside PD. Yeah, and then, so then from there you went on and you uh, completed a, I think it was a 32 year career as a police officer, ending up as a lieutenant, is that correct? Yeah, if I do the math right, it's actually 34, Paul, but um, yeah, Seaside then Monterey PD for 26 and at the end of the career down in Riverside County at Desert Hot Springs for four years. I love that about your experience because I, I feel like as a police officer, you really get to uh, experience all all the demographics throughout the community that, you know, the rich, the poor, the, you know, the well-to-do and the not so well-to-do. And it, it's, it really gives you a really good perspective on the entire community. So that's that's wonderful that you're on the city council with that with that background. So as a reminder to listeners, we'll be talking about reopening restaurants and COVID later in the program. But Specifically for Monterey, uh, can you describe some of the tough budget decisions uh, like layoffs and, and those kind of things that you've had to make as you've seen city budget decrease uh, due to COVID? Um, yeah, I think the toughest part is when you, you wake up one day and you realize the impacts of something like COVID where everything shuts down and you start to uh, count the domino effect. And uh, as we we're going through the first couple of days of that, like any other city and county, we quickly realized that uh, we are very dependent on tourism, but also at the same time, the impact of just everything stopping, you figured no one's buying gasoline, no one's going to uh, the retail outlets, uh, people stop going to the shopping center, restaurant, dining, conferences, movies, I mean, all of it. So. Obviously, uh, governments rely on the pass-through from uh, the spending of locals and tourists. And so uh, basically in that last three months of the 2019-2020 budget, uh, we calculated it's a $13 million deficit. So cleaning up the end of the year with the deficits and starting the new year in July 1, 
with an $18 million deficit. So the delta there is a difference of a $31 million um, deficit that if we look back at February 28th, we did not have. March 17th, we had it. So lots of decisions and unfortunately uh, some layoffs as well. Well, I'm excited uh, and encouraged by, I saw that the library is open now. So some of the public services are coming back and I also have heard, hopefully not, not uh, I didn't miss here, but I heard that the, the rec center might even be open in some capacity as well later in the summer. Is that correct? Uh, well, actually we have um, opened the sports center okay. uh, with some new conditions and changes and some programs, but it is open with some limited hours. Uh, the library currently as of today is open for online orders and curbside pickup. But we are working uh, for a plan of getting the library opened as soon as we can, as we, as some have described this as a dimmer switch effect where things are coming back on in a, a slow pace and ramping up. And it all depends on how the revenue flows through from TOT, sales tax, gas tax, how well restaurants do, and we're dependent on the visitors. And as the visitors return safely, I might add, wearing their masks, um, we will have the additional revenue to be able to, to, you know, raise the uh, the dimmer switch, as you will. But it is going to be a long-term impact in services. It takes a couple of years to recover from the loss of revenue. But we've built a, a budget that we think is providing a balanced service level and retaining the things that are important safety, cleanliness, uh, streets, roads, a functioning government with the appropriate levels of service. So starting July 1, we have a new budget that we think that we will be able to get uh, the priorities for the community fully functioning. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm hoping to continue the conversation about this. Talk to Mayor Roberson and uh, I'm in contact with the city manager of Monterey. So hopefully we'll have him on in the coming weeks. He's a fantastic individual as well, Hans. Um, so as a retired police officer, you know, some of the national news right now has to have affected you, you know, personally on an emotional level. But I re- I'm really curious about your uh, your take on Monterey as a city and how, how they're doing it as a police department. Yeah, I, I think it, yes, it could not help but affect everyone. Um, let me just say that I think I have talked to no one who has anything good to say about uh the unfortunate deaths that have occurred uh, while officers have been in the process of um, facing a resisting arrest. And unfortunately, we look back at the uh, George Floyd case as the, the benchmark in the most recent days. Everyone I know, and me included, has vigorously condemned uh, his death in the manner of how he died. Uh, that being said, um, I'm personally okay with the question, and I'm okay with challenging the manner in which we provide police services. And and certainly we want to have an open democratic society where we can have the dialogue. Um, The protests are fine. We have not seen violence in Monterey. Monterey County has been very active and vibrant in exercising their First Amendment rights to protest and um, have uh, street marches and marches on City Hall and lots of dialogue. Uh, no need for violence. Uh, we can accomplish a lot if we can communicate with each other and continue to solve our problems together as a society. Um, so I think Monterey 
um, has been uh, fairly peaceful. We haven't had any violence related to uh, the protests. And uh, I've appreciated the opinions and certainly appreciated about 300 emails uh, several days before our budget. Uh, and there were messages there for, I would say, 10 or 12 different topics. Uh, the number one topic we heard was, when is the library going to open? And uh, when can we get people to really start wearing masks and be safe? Uh, so there's a lot of moving parts right now going on. Um, nationally, locally. So this is a very interesting time post-COVID. Yeah, I want to, uh, I said this before the program, but I, I do want to say Monterey Police, I, I am encouraged by them as well because I've watched them deal with, um, you know, actually interact with home homeless people at uh, the Monterey Salinas Transit um, mm -hmm. bus stop. And they just have been consummate professionals uh, from my observation. So it's great. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your, uh, so if, if folks want to learn more about uh, Mr. Smith and his uh, campaign, they can go to his uh, website, edsmithmontereycouncil.com. Uh, and it covers a lot of really great, like the underpinnings of your philosophy and, and kind of some of your priorities for the city. And I found it very informative uh, just walking you know through that website, very, very nicely laid out. Um, one of your first notes is renovate, revitalizing our town and finish the concert center, uh, conference center. I've talked to like Landwatch and others, and there's disparate views on on like how to develop. But Landwatch in particular wants to create kind of like a boundary or like a, a go no zone because they want to preserve land and they want to increase density inside cities like Monterey. And I, I was wondering, how do you feel about growth in the county? Are you okay with new development? Out, outer areas, or are you more on the uh, the density increasing things like uh, apartment buildings building up and the ADUs and that kind of stuff? Uh, yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I recognize the complex issues in land use. Uh, I, want to, I want to say right off from the start, so the reference in the uh, conference center revitalization that I referred to uh, from my campaign in 2018 we are successfully completed with the conference center. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we can't have any conferences right now. So we're, we're hoping to uh, get that brand new building really fully utilized because the revenue is important for all of the things the city of Monterey does. At its cornerstone for revitalization, for housing, for land use really is water. Uh, I have uh, spoken quite clearly and quite loudly that I believe Part of the solution is a desal plant. Uh, the other part of that is obviously conservation, and it's also um, the water one uh, sanitation, recycling, and aquifer restorage and recovery. So one of the, the three legs of that is the desal plant for sustainable water long term. Now, I'm not interested in turning Monterey into a San Diego. We have 28,500 residents. We have about nine square miles. And we have very little land that is buildable. But we do have opportunities for infill and going to three stories where appropriate. And in the last five years of being on the council, I voted in favor of numerous projects that accomplishes that. The challenge we run into is we see projects. We, we have property owners, and they come forward. They want to build However, they are short of water to be able to make it work 
um, economically and to be able to build additional units. So um, that's why I want to see a solution of the desal plant to augment the ability to be able to expand our housing where appropriate in the city of Monterey. And yes, where appropriate, where we might have a one story uh, that's zoned for multiple, uh, maybe an R3. Uh, yes, I have voted for three stories and in some cases a four story most recently on Franklin Street, which will be a uh, low income moderate with only, I think five market rate units. The rest is low income housing where we had a tiny bit of water to be able to provide to the developer to execute, tear down a very old building uh, and rebuild it with a four-story apartment house. So balanced approach, trying to look for opportunities and yes, intensify in the housing areas where possible. But at the same time, protect the residential areas that do not need to have encroachment. And ADUs, I'll stop talking. Maybe you have a question about ADUs. Uh I did actually, Mark. Can we put off the break for just a second? Um, Absolutely. I, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, what I was um, going to ask about a follow-up question is because the more I learn about the uh, the desal plant, it, it intrigues me. And there's a lot of criticism about the desal plant, saying it'll raise the water rates. And I'm sure you're well aware of those, uh, Mr. Smith. And I and I wonder your take because I I've always kind of been I'm an engineer so I'm kind of been partial to the desal plant so I'm not a, a neutral observer here, but I feel like if you got the water, if, if usage increased then then the prices would come down. Is that is that kind of how you're seeing it or what do you say to critics who say it's just going to cost a lot and you know Calam's doing it just to make money? Well, Calam is in the business to have a profit. They are our supplier for our water. Um, and so I'm, I'm a proponent that private sector business should be able to make a profit. However, yes, water rates are a concern. Water rates are going to go up with um, the sanitation and restorage um, with Water One. They're probably going to go up a little bit because we've got to be able to pay for the desal plan and the production of the water through the desal. But what we need is a sustainable water supply. Because obviously we, we live in an arid area where we don't have that much rain and what rain we do do, we do have, we can't seem to store it. It goes right into the ocean. Um, so there's a balanced approach here. Yes, it will cost us money to have our water. But if you produce the right amount of water that augments the other systems, you average out the prices. Uh, but we are in a um, water shortage and a water deficit. And those combinations are part of what drives the prices of land so much higher and makes housing so much more expensive. Uh, so you can't have more housing without water. And I fear that a failure of not having a desal plant will not allow us to progress and provide the housing that we need. That fantastic. So, Mark, we can we can hit the break. But I just wanted to say when we come back from the break, we'll talk uh, with Mr. Ed Smith because I really want to get into transportation. I know you're really involved with TAMSI, uh, Mr. Smith, so uh, we'd love to talk more about that. So I'm Paul Wyant, and you've been listening to What's the Plan on Central Coast Power Talk, 1460 AM and 101.1 FM. We'll be back shortly with Mr. Ed Smith, current Monterey City Council person, and we'll also be joined by Tom McMahon, the owner of Monterey Bay Laundry, uh, for a quick discussion on outdoor dining. So that'll be exciting. 
One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. For great employees, call Monterey County Express Employment Professionals, 831-920-1230. That's 831-920-1230. All right, it's 1.50, 10 minutes before 2 o'clock. Let's head back to uh, your host, Paul Wyant, with What's the Plan here on Power Talk 1460 and 101 FM. Paul? Hey, thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate it. Uh, so we're back talking to uh, Ed Smith, uh, current Monterey City Council member, and uh, he's also City of Monterey. He his also duties include Transportation Agency for Monterey County or TAMSI, and uh, you're you're currently involved in that. Were you involved, uh, Ed, on the recent? Um, I think it was a rail line proposal, or there was a recent meeting about the proposed yeah. rail spur from San Jose. I believe. Is that, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I am on TAMSI, TAMSI exec, as well as uh, the representative on the rail subcommittee. Uh, so TAMSI for uh, quite a while has been working with trying to accomplish a rail hub from Watsonville to Salinas. And we also have a uh, kickstart uh, that has just about got us to the completion of the new rail station in Salinas. So that's fundamentally part of the revitalization of rail service to uh, the Central Coast and beyond. That's great. How would, uh, so I've seen the, it's actually amazing what they're doing in downtown Salinas with the uh, right there on Main Street and then the rail station. How would the railroad get to Watsonville? Uh, so the, the current rail route is there. So we don't have to lay any new tracks. So uh, it's going right through Moss Landing and on up to uh, along the Highway 1 and into Watsonville. So there would be a requirement of a Watsonville um, loading station. Uh, parking uh, for folks to get to Salinas. So the the thought is that uh, Watsonville, Santa Cruz is uh, potentially a housing area for people that need to get to work in the ag and other uh, businesses in the Salinas Valley. So if they can get get off of Highway 1, uh, get off of 101, uh, it would be a win for everyone. What You know, also as transportation, and I know you're probably – aware of this, but the only way to get to the peninsula, the many, many ways to get to the peninsula, always involves a two-lane road for a substantial period of time, whether you're coming from Santa Cruz, from uh, Prunedale, or from Salinas. I'm sure you've recognized that. Is there any any plan to expand? Because, I mean, would there be a plan? I mean, like the road between, say, Casterville and Prunedale would be nice if that were a four-lane road. Or is there is there any talk about it regionally? Yeah, let me talk about that uh, briefly. The 156 bypass to get to 101 has for a long time uh, been very difficult for uh, residents of Monterey to get to 101 as well as visitors coming to Monterey. And especially on Sunday afternoon when folks are leaving, you you see the backup. So uh, for quite a while, we've had several plans uh, exploring uh, widening 156. The most current plan that we are executing just uh, two weeks ago voted on the environmental impact um, report that's going to be underway for uh, Casterville Boulevard 156 to change the intersection. So because of the cost and because of some environmental um, hurdles, 
we have to start incrementally. So the first thing we're starting by using funds from uh, Measure X that passed two years ago. It's a countywide transportation tax that allows us to bank the money in the county and take on projects. So Casterville Boulevard will be currently going under um, the environmental impact and we have to mitigate the protected species in the area, Santa Cruz salamander. There's a bridge that it goes over and that marsh that goes North Monterey County as well as the North Monterey County High School and you can see all the environmental challenges. So the Casterville Boulevard is phase one and at some point we have been talking about a bypass that would come out at 101 at Blackie Road and could potentially uh, be a toll road. So phase one is to improve the Cashville Boulevard interchange. That That is uh, really interested in learning more. Is there a website where maybe there's some graphics that folks could look at? Yeah, if you go to the Tamsi website, I think there's an actual link for uh, the master planning for 156. And uh, if you don't see it right away, uh, you could utilize the contact information and contact any one of the staff members at TAMSI, and I'm sure they could route the, the listener to the right place on the TAMSI website. That's fantastic. So we're all we're all interested in, in driving more um, uh, tourist traffic to, uh, to Monterey and Pacific Grove. So one of the uh, things I wanted to talk about is outdoor dining on the last five minutes. So I would like to welcome to the program Tom McMahon, owner of Monterey Bay Laundry and also the uh, a current member of the downtown Pacific Grove uh, Business Council. So welcome to the program, uh, Mr. McMahon, if you're there. Are you there? there he is. Oh. It sounds like we have some audio issues. So what, while we're waiting for to resolve that, um, maybe uh, Mr. Smith, can you talk about what they were doing on uh, uh, down in downtown Monterey, maybe on uh, Alvarado Street? Yeah, you bet. Um, the benefit we have is uh, about four years ago, we embraced the outside dining, uh, especially in Alvarado. And so we started in, uh, issuing permits to do uh, encroachment into parking spaces and allow the uh, business to expand their parking or their uh, their dining outside on the sidewalk. We've expanded some sidewalks and we've taken away some parking to allow some outside dining. So we're a little bit ahead of it, uh, but I'm also on the Old Monterey Business Association uh, board, and we have talked about expanding that. And the challenge for us is, like anywhere else, we have a mix of retail, and we also have restaurants. So we have to be careful and not shut off the opportunity for retail for their businesses to get to them. And at the same time, we know restaurants can only serve at 40-50% because of the dining restrictions with COVID. So it's a balanced approach. So far, we have not seen the necessity to close Alvarado because of the dining. So far, the restaurants seem to be able to handle uh, the volume of their business with the seating that they have. Plus, many of them downtown in Alvarado, Cali Principal or Tyler have opportunities for outside dining already. But those are wide sidewalks there, too. So that's really nice. Is there because Carmel, they were doing like three parking spots, too. Is there? Is there any talk about that as well? Or? Yeah, and OMBA, uh, they actually did a survey and uh, checked in with all of their uh, members, which the Alvarado area. And so the, it was a mixed result. Uh, it was not a clear answer. And so we decided we would monitor it as the restaurants were reopening 
to see how if they were having overfill problems and they they were full in the restaurant and they needed more seating we agreed that we would look at it again okay well that's yeah that is that is fantastic is there um yeah and i noticed the hotels are opening and and uh also as well so yeah let me try one more time to get tom in and see if he can if there's there's something going on with that with his phone so let me see if you can tom are you there hmm. he's on I guess, yeah he's i trying to unmute him but it just doesn't look like it's going to work out so that's unfortunate um let's see I, well, there we go. I guess that's the sound of Frank Sinatra. So that's the end of the program. A little rocky there at the end. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, I want to really thank you, Mr. Smith, for your time today. And hopefully I can have you back sometime. You're a wonderful guest and a pillar of the community. And it's great talking to you. Let's do it anytime. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. I'm Paul Wyan, owner of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. At Express, we're dedicated to providing great candidates to great businesses of Monterey County. For additional information, please call us at 831-920-1230. Thank you, Mr. Ed Smith. If you want to learn more about Ed, he's at edsmithmontereycouncil.com. And Tom McMahon, who unfortunately we couldn't talk to, but thanks to him, he's at montereybaylaundry.com. And I hope both of you can make it back at some point. I'd also like to thank Mr. Mark Carbonero. He's always great. And the great Dave Marzetti for helping me get great guests like Ed Smith. Love, love me some David Marzetti. But please, listen to Shagbag Radio. Come back next week at 1.30. Even listen to What's the Plan on Central Coast Power Talk 1460 and 101 FM. And stay tuned. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. Yeah, we just Hopefully. finished up, guys. Let's see if we get... Tom, are you there? Oh, he went away. Okay. I, I don't know what happened with Tom. I, I kept unmuting him. And he, uh, odd. Very odd. Let me admit him now. Tom, are you there? Yeah, he it just was that weird hold music kept playing yeah. when, when he came back. Hey, home. by the way, real quick, just to let you know, two things. Um, mm-hmm. A good friend of mine is the rail coordinator, transportation oh. coordinator for Tamsi. So she might be a good guest for your program if you want to talk about rail. Yeah, it's yeah, Christina Watson. Yeah, yeah, Christina Watson. Yeah. So she really knows her stuff on the rail because that's her, her gig. And then, um, uh, oh, I know what I was going to ask you, Ed, was uh, is the farmer's market coming back anytime soon? Uh, yeah, Rick Johnson is trying to negotiate how they can do that and get them where they can still do spacing. So we think it's probably a month away. Okay, very good. And Paul, you know what? It's funny. I was, I was thinking because I'm from Golden, Colorado, where they brew Coors, brew, <laughs> Coors yeah. beer. But they just put a spur in from downtown Denver all the way to the airport. And that would be a real awesome because if we could get a spur, I'm sure Tamsi has talked about this, like that goes to the Monterey Airport up to the San Jose Airport. They give you that option, that international thing. And then we could also leverage the parking structures mm-hmm. of the future.